0: So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. People always see the success. Yes. Right? So, we're in Puerto Rico in this beautiful convention center. You've done tremendously well for yourself. And, but where did it start? Like, where did it start from point A to getting here?
1: Yes. Well, it started with me um, scrapping in high school. (laughs) Like, I used to have a lot of fights. I don't know why. Um, Shout out to Queens. Yes, shout out to Queens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a New York thing. It's a New York
1: thing. (laughs) Listen, I'm feisty. And that's the thing. I would be the quiet one. Like, I'm quiet. I'm not coming for you, but if you come for me, we about to fight. (laughs) And listen, I'ma give you a run for your money. Like I may not be able to say that, you know, I beat your ass, but (laughs) but I'm gonna give you a run for your money. You ain't gonna wanna come back, I'll tell you that part. So that's where it started. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) <laughs> Write that down. But I think there's something to that, right? Like even just being a fighter, all of the challenges, I'm very grateful for them now because I think it just, it, it, it helps you to be, like I was talking about earlier, relentless, you know? When you have, you know, issues with lights going out and, you know, I would go to the grocery store and have to pay with food stamps, and I would be like hiding in the aisles waiting for my friends and my neighbors to leave so that they wouldn't see me, you know, because I had so much shame around it. And, you know, I'd wait for them to leave, be very strategic, and then sometimes you get caught and I'd just leave and walk home from the grocery store and cry, you know what I mean? Just being embarrassed. I think all of that helped me to be very focused and helped me to be relentless like a dog with a bone when I wanna make something happen. So I'm very grateful for all of those experiences. And I'm also grateful because then I relate to a lot of people too, because a lot of people have that story. Um, and everybody has a story of struggle of some kind. And that story of struggle we think is a disadvantage, it's actually an advantage, because entrepreneurship is not easy, building wealth is not easy, taking yourself from zero to a lot more is not an easy journey. So if you've had challenges already, great, you're equipped, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You have the right stuff um, in, your, in your toolbox to get you through the challenges of the journey.
0: Yeah, so this mindset, and I wonder when, when I listen to you speak sometimes, I'm wondering that millionaire mindset, is that something that, that you're naturally born with or is it something that's developed? And I, I wonder because I remember, right, you, it's one of these things when I was younger, I used to write. Mm-hmm. the stories. And I would say, mom, I'm going to buy you a mansion one day. And she yes. kept the story. She's like, well, Troy, where's my mansion?
1: <laughs> Where'd I mention at Time I'm, to pay the piper. <laughs> right. And so I, I wanted,
0: I mean, obviously you, that was in my mind at that time when I was a young child, but I'm wondering from your journey and being around your community, is that something that you see that is inherently a part of a person's characteristic, or is that something that's developed?
1: I think a millionaire mindset is developed and I think it keeps being developed, right? Like even now, what what has made me so proud of this conference too is that the speakers are changing their flights and sticking around. Mm. A lot of speakers dip in and out. They're like, oh no 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 I'm I'm staying here. I'm gonna hang out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that makes me so proud. And and the reason why I mention that is because even when we're far, even when we have New York Times best selling books and we have eight-figure businesses, there's still so much to learn, right? There's still so much to accomplish and to do, and you never stop learning. So I think you're always working on that millionaire mindset. But I also know that having to go to the grocery store with food stamps and having the, you know, Con Ed come to my door and turn off the lights, and all of the stuff that came with that got me very focused on money at a very early age. So I was always curious, like, how are people making money? And I tell the story in my, in my book about how I used to babysit for this little girl named Alana. It was a Jewish family. They were so sweet. And it was in Douglaston. And I grew up in Flushing, Queens, right? Douglaston is a much nicer neighborhood. And I would take the bus over there. And it was like tree-lined streets. And it was, you know, big houses. There was three of them. It was, you know, mom, dad, and Alana in this giant house that had so many rooms. I was like, what are they doing with all these rooms? What is this room? It was a formal dining room. I had—I was like, "What is that? I've never seen a formal dining room before." You know what I mean? And I would open their pantry to like make her a snack, and it was like so many options. I was like, "Wow, one day I'm gonna be able to get those frozen waffles that my mom always says no." <laughs> it's always those little things, right? Like, what was it? Like you wanted cocoa puffs, and you couldn't get the cocoa puffs. Your mom said no because <laughs> I don't have the money. It's like, but I would—I would see that, and her mom, her father worked from home. And the mom would be at work and I'd be like, what do these people do for a living? And I would ask, you know, Mm -hmm. I was always trying to be a detective, like people who have money, how did they get it? Because I just had no idea. I couldn't fathom, like, how are how do they have so much? Um, And so learning that, like, that's what I think got me to focus on money is the fact that we didn't have any. Right. If we would have been very comfortable, I don't think it would have been a priority to me.
0: You think that inquisitive nature helped shape your career path? Because a lot of times in our communities, we see a few avenues of where we can make money, right? Usually in arts or performing or entertainment. But the fact that you were inquisitive and in trying to find out how other people were making money, did that help in, in the way you were choosing where you were going to go with your
1: career? Yes. And honestly, I didn't really know that as a kid. Like, I didn't know. I saw performers, black performers. I saw black athletes. But really, nobody from my neighborhood was becoming an R&B singer or a basketball player, right? Like they might've had hopes and dreams, but I wasn't actually seeing it happen in my neighborhood. So to me, I was just like, I just want to know how, like what job y'all got? (laughs) (laughs) And I learned like, what I had found is like a lot of people were highly educated. So I was like, okay, then I need to go to school. Great, works for me because I'm good at school, right? Like I like to study, I like to learn, I love to read. And so all of those things will benefit me. Just where do I go to school? What pathway do I need to take? Like, just break it down for me, show me, right? Like I just wanted, I was so hungry to know and I was gonna be relentless until I figured it out.
0: So let me ask you this. Uh, What moment
1: did you realize you had something special? Good question. I think, you know, what was interesting is I started with a law practice. So I went to law school. I graduated during the 2008 recession. And there were not a lot of jobs available. What well, kind of law kind of was you practice? I was actually studying, like, family law. I actually went to a school that has specialty in IP law, and I was like, nah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to do family law because I wanted to help people.
0: Like family and, law, what does that mean? Like you custody know, battles and stuff?
1: Well, yes, but also, like, I imagine doing something like working for a nonprofit. And I remember I sat down with my sister... And she had, like, a neighbor, we had lunch with her, and they both sat me down, and they were like, listen, you need to get this money, okay?
0: <laughs>
1: you see these loans?
0: <laughs> They're adding up. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing the nonprofit thing. Maybe you could do that in the future, but, like, right now, you need to pay these loans back, sis, right? So they had, they had to have a talk with me about that. Um, but... What was interesting, so I started, I wound up starting my own law practice because law firms are often very toxic spaces. And I had interned at a few places, and I was like, this ain't going to last. Like, I'm just not the type of person that is obedient enough to work (laughs) in a corporate environment long term.
0: That's very well put. (laughs) I know some people like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I was like, this ain't ever gonna work. So, like, and here was my thinking, and I literally said this to my husband I was like, I'm already broke. So, if I'm already broke, it's better to not take the law firm job where I'd make a lot of money. It's better to stay broke now, start the entrepreneurial journey while I'm still broke. And I'm like, I'm comfortable being broke, right? I've been broke. So, like, let me just start now. If I'm gonna be broke, be broke, doing my own thing. Instead of going somewhere, getting comfortable, upgrading my lifestyle and then trying to find a way out of it. So that was kind of my strategy. So I started my law practice and it was so interesting. Literally within six months, I was getting a lot of press. Like it was just like I was an anomaly, you know, like being a young lawyer right out of law school. People don't just go solo out of law school. You're supposed to pay your dues, work at a law firm, be trained by a partner over a long period of time. Then you can go solo. Then you have permission. And I just did it. Um, and I did it with my Afro and not, you know, not wearing the suits. And it was interesting. It like attracted so many people to me because it was just different. People were looking for a lawyer that looked like them, that they felt comfortable talking to, that explained it to them in plain English, that didn't act like they were better than them. And so I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. And that's, I think that's when I first figured out that like just being myself was enough. And actually, the more I was myself, the more it actually attracted people to me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.